Hey, everybody. Welcome to the HVAC Joy Lab podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Shirk. This podcast focuses on creating more and more conversations about what optimizes life for an HVAC technician. My goal is to produce the most helpful content available for techs, full stop. Today, you're going to hear more from Adam Kuhlman. Adam is not a technician. Adam is a physical trainer who is in the process of pivoting his training practice to focus on HVAC technicians. And today, we're focusing on back pain and ladder balance as relates to techs. He's going to tell you about how to manage that pain and how to avoid it in the first place. You may be saying to yourself, but I'm not having any back pain. Maybe not yet. But if you heed Adam's advice in this podcast, hopefully you never will. So come on now, don't just do the maintenance on the equipment. You need to do it on your body too. So let's get started. We're regular guys, always early to rise. We get into our trucks, another Kyle to wash. We always treat the customer right. Yeah, we're one guy in a truck. Hey, everybody, we're back to HVAC Joy Lab, and we have again Adam Kuhlman with us. Welcome, Adam. Hey, John. Thanks for have, uh, having me back on the, the program today, dude. Really appreciate it. You bet. If you remember from a few weeks ago, Adam was here and talked to us about uh, heat dumping from uh, your body in the summertime when it's hot. We've got a lot of great feedback from that podcast, so I wanted Adam to come back and talk about a few more things that are helpful physically for technicians. Um, today we're going to talk about lower back pain, and we're also going to talk about just stability in the field. Um, you know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, uh, ladder work, depending on what kind of jobs you're doing, you, it's easy to be up on the side of a building for commercial guys on a rooftop, um, you know, in different awkward kind of stances physically. And uh, so we're going to talk about that as well. So Adam, let's get started with the lower back pain part of that. So give mm -hmm. me your thoughts. Well, you know what? Let's start off with this. Um, I was actually looking up the statistics the other day, and I found that 80% of all adults throughout the entire world will complain about back pain or have back pain issues sometime or at least once in their life. So I'm glad we're talking about this subject because, you know, in the HVAC industry, a lot of people are put in stability, compromising positions, back compromising positions. And a lot of times if we're not careful if we're not activating the right muscles if we're you know certain muscles are deconditioned certain muscles are overactive it's really going to manifest itself in lower back pain the the interesting thing is when it comes to this body of ours this organic piece of machinery mm -hmm. certain structures in the body really like to be in certain alignment you know what i mean and our pelvis is one of the most important structures that needs really good alignment because everything stems from that you got your legs that stem from that you got your spinal cord and everything above that and out from that that extends from that 
So of course there's medical reasons why people could have lower back pain. We're not going to address those in here, like herniated discs, so on and so forth. But I do, John, want to address one of the most common and one of the most easiest solved causes of back pain. Now, the scientific term for it is called anterior pelvic tilt. So I don't know if anybody listening to this remembers back in the days when we had our biology classes and there was like that plastic skeleton that was always like somewhere in the corner of the, the classroom, whatever it may right, be. Right. Picture the, 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 the pelvis on that skeleton, you know, that pelvis needs to be neutral. What happens is, is over time, if we're being put in compromised stability um, positions, if we're sitting a lot throughout the day, if we have poor muscular control over our core, our lower backs, um, the muscles in our lower backs are overstimulated and over tight. What happens then is that pelvis begins to tilt forward. Imagine like a bucket of water and it's spilling forward. Water is spilling out of it. Yeah. What ends up happening, John, is you get this excessive curve in the lower lumbar, uh, lower lumbar spine. And on the opposite side of that, you get a distended belly. The reason for that, I'm going to call into this conversation four main muscle groups that are acting on your pelvis that are very, very important to keeping it in proper alignment. You have your abdominal, compre- uh, abdominal complex, the rectus abdominum, the internal and external obliques, and then the transverse abdomen. On the opposite side, you have the lower back extensors or the lower back complex muscles. And then below that, you have your glutes or gluteus medius and gluteus maximus. And then on the opposite side, you have the hip flexors. So I'm going to call in. Oh, go ahead, John. What do you think? I was going to say, so basically, if I was wearing uh, high-waisted bike shorts, Mm-hmm. That's all of the muscle groups you're talking about, right? Sort of from yes. navel mm-hmm. down to upper thighs, what you just Yes, said. Front exactly. Okay. Yep. Now, each I want everybody to also remember that each muscle in the body has a reciprocal, if that makes sense. I'm going to call, like, literally look at your arm for a second. You got the biceps. Reciprocal is the triceps, right? Mm. There's something called reciprocal inhibition that goes on in the body. If you want to perform a curl, like you were curling a dumbbell, your body has to reciprocally inhibit your triceps so that your biceps can even curl because if both muscle groups fired at the same time, no movement would happen. So where I'm going with that is in regards to anterior pelvic tilt, there's always an opposite. So there's an opposite to your abs. It's the lower back muscles. There's an opposite to your glutes. It's the hip flexors, right? So abs will help flex the torso, lower back, um, lower back muscles will help extend the torso. The hip flexors will help extend, or I should say, I'm sorry, uh, flex your hip joint. The glutes will extend it. Now, when we're sitting it like we are right now, John, when we're sitting, you're naturally elongating your glutes. You're naturally shorting up your hip flexors. Then on top, your back extensors are firing. Your core isn't firing at all. Think about Mm. that. In order for us to not fall forward into our keyboards right now, our back muscles are firing ever so slightly, but they're firing. Mm. And then also our hip flexors are firing too, so that we don't fall back like this, but so that we stay forward close to our computer. Interesting. So what you got uh, where I'm going with this is you have overactive lower back muscles. You have overactive hip flexors, underactive glutes, and underactive, if not active at all, abdominal complex 
So what this does then is because one group, when it becomes overactive, it gets very tight. And another group, when it becomes underactive, it gets very, very loose. So when you stand up, John, what happens is you have the hip flexors pulling down on your pelvis, and then you have the back extensors at the back pulling up, which is then tilting your pelvis Hmm. because the core is not pulling up and the glutes are not pulling down. So then you have this force where they're literally pulling like this, tilting Hmm. the the bucket. Um, So how this manifests itself is usually in lower back pain. You start getting more pinching with your discs and then you're not able to handle heavier loads as much as possible. You're bending a lot on the job. You're bending over. You're not quite engaging the core muscles. You're not hip, um, hip hinging properly, so on and so forth, lifting with your lower back versus your legs. Um, and so what ends up happening, John, is you get lower back pain and it's chronic. And sometimes, you know, you get it in the morning, the most in the morning or on the job or after a while you fatigue. So that's kind of the why behind it. I know that's kind of a long, extensive, uh, you know, explanation, but what do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's, I'm glad you, you kind of explained all that. I wasn't aware of that kind of uh, dynamic of when one's flexing, the other's releasing or like I don't mm-hmm. know the language used, but that, that, that yeah. dynamic of, and so it makes sense that if, you know, if mm-hmm. your, your back is flexing more and more during the day uh, for multiple reasons, everything from posture to picking up a heavy piece of equipment um, yep. or just being in an awkward position in a crawl space or whatever mm-hmm. um, that, and so then that, that sets the stage for lower back pain. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody listening to this is probably wondering, well, what's the remedy, right? Like, how do yeah. we get past this? You know, like now that we've identified and diagnosed the problem, what you have to do, and this is very, very simple, actually, is you start to stretch, which naturally will inhibit the tight muscles and you start activating the underactive muscles. So you got to start training your core and you got to start training your glutes. And you got to start stretching out the hip flexors as much as you can. And you got to start stretching out your lower back muscles as much as you can. They're very, very easy to do if you own a foam roller or even just a myofascial uh, release um, Theragun or Hypervolt. Um, You can dig that in there. That'll naturally help inhibit those muscles. Mm -hmm. But I would say for most people, what you want to do when it comes to activating that, that core is really start learning to brace your core. And what I mean by bracing your core is, well, there's two ways that I cue it up with my clients, but pretend someone's about to punch you in the stomach. What are you going to do? You draw on your belly button, right? And you're going to tense up. That's bracing your core right there. Another one would be, imagine there's a string tied to your belly button and someone's pulling it through your your back and everything's tightening up. So you you notice that, John? I just saw you adjust your posture a little bit right there. (laughs) The cool thing is, is what happens on more of a physiological level is this creates a lot of intra-abdominal pressure, which really helps stabilize that lower lumbar spine. That's what a lot of people are missing on the job. Yeah, what's up? uh, And in what position? Seating, sitting, laying down? Yeah, yeah. Is a guy in his truck? Can he do this from from the seat of his truck while he's driving around? Like what? Absolutely. You can actually do this anywhere, anytime. You can do it laying down, seated. You can do it standing up. I do recommend a lot of people um, stand up when they do it because what you're going to notice is you're going to start noticing it has a direct impact on the alignment of your pelvis again. So if you stand up and you draw in that belly button, you're going to notice that your pelvis is naturally going to tilt back up again. Mm. And it's going to put everything back in alignment. And a lot of times when some guys do this, when they have a very excessive curvature in that lower lumbar spine, 
when they stand up and I tell them to brace their core, all of a sudden that back pain is relieved just from doing that. Cause yeah. there's no more pinching on those um, discs as much as, you know, as much as was. So, yeah. So when so, you can start, so let's, oh, let's put, mm-hmm. let's put an actual metric on it. So these are basically yeah. that they're, they're not, I mean, what do you, they're not crunches, but they're, they're, they're flexes or they're yeah. abdominal mm-hmm. squeezes. Yeah. Um, so the official language for it is the drawing in maneuver. Yeah. And so what you do is you draw on your belly button as much as you can, like someone's pulling on that string or try and draw it in. Like you're trying to get your belly button to touch your, your, your back spine. Yeah. And then you hold that for a good two or three seconds and then release. And what you yeah. want to do is at least two to three sets of that for about 10 to 15 reps every day. If you can. Okay. 10 to 15 reps of that two yep. or three times a day. Yep. Right. Or two to three sets. And then 10 to 15 reps. And then you want to hold it for about two seconds each. So you want to get a good isometric hold in there. And over time, that's going to recondition those uh, muscles. And it's going to help your nervous system learn to engage them again. And even when you're on the job, you'll be a lot more cognizant of engaging that while you're lifting heavy things or you're in, again, compromised positions where you really need that core stability. And so in in doing this, um, again, because I know... I know if it was me, I would ask this question. If I was in, you know, I heard this podcast and I said, mm-hmm. basically an, am I doing it right? Question. There's no weights. There's no bands. There's no, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You're just imagining your belly button is tied from behind to a string and yep. you're, you're pulling it in 10 to 15 times, two or three sets, yep. uh, two or three times a day. Um, I would right? say do that two or three sets once per day, but then okay. repeat it every day. So you get a good, yeah. after the week is done, you've done it about 21 sets. Okay. Um, if you've done it consistently for seven days, that right there after a good week or two will wake up your core and you're all yeah. of a sudden going to be like, Oh wow, that's there. <laughs> okay. So now so. audience. So, so here's, let's make this as practical as possible. If you're struggling with lower back pain currently, right? Consider doing something like taking a three by five card or sticky note, putting it onto, I mean, not in a way that's in any danger, but in like maybe on the dash area of your car or some obvious place where it'll just remind you, because we both know if you just say, I got to remember to do this, we won't, I wouldn't either, but create a reminder to do this exercise, uh, two or three sets once a day and do it every day. And you will begin to feel relief from that back pain. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then if anybody wants to take a little bit further, massage out those tight muscles, work Uh, out, massage out those hip flexors a little bit in their back and the lower back. Absolutely. Um, Easiest way to do those is just a tennis ball or even a foam roller, $20 foam roller off Amazon will help out a lot too. Shoot, um, anybody here who has a, a wife or a significant other who really likes to massage, massage out those <laughs> lower back muscles. My wife does it for me sometimes. I mean, John, you know, I sit in front of this computer from eight to five a lot of times. So my lower back is a little bit, uh, a little bit over, overreactive at this point. So definitely helps out to, to inhibit those over tight muscles was, as well. So, right, right. Heck yeah. Okay. And how about um, like a heating pad? Is that also, or does that do something different? Heating pad can definitely help. Um, I would say definitely use that if you're getting a flare up of that lower back pain, because that'll increase blood flow to the area. And then you can definitely do more myofascial release with that, mm-hmm. um, AKA massaging. And that will definitely help out as well. Um, that will help out. And then, um, sometimes even to be honest with you, if you want to go a little bit farther with that, going into the sauna and then oh. after you're done with the sauna, um, massaging out when you're done with that. 
um, and, and definitely getting the pliability and the muscle from that. So yeah. Okay. Give those things a try. Very good. Okay. Well, perfect. So then the second thing today is, uh, stability. Um, yeah, like, and the two things are related, I'm sure, because you can tweak your back from stumbling, Mm -hmm. you know, or catching yourself on a ladder or whatever. And there's a whole set of ladder stuff. That's, um, you know, safety, uh, guys who are on ladders a lot, especially extension ladders, they get really comfortable on these ladders and they'll do stuff that, you know, safety managers say, don't do this, but you know, they'll be 12 feet off the ground and just kind of hop the ladder sideways while they're on it. Or the, you know, these Mm -hmm. kind of things that end up in those awful, uh, fall videos you see on, on YouTube where some poor guy's got a broken leg. Yeah. But so in general though, when we're talking about stance, it could be on the ground. It could be on a ladder. It could be anywhere. It's just that having a strong base has a lot of good things, Mm -hmm. uh, to offer. So tell me your thoughts on this one, Adam. Well, when it comes to stability, this really plays off of what we were talking about first, which I'm glad we kind of talked about, you know, lower back pain and all that stuff first, because stability originates in the core. So once everybody starts getting a good establishment of stability in their core and being able to activate those core muscles, then you can really start getting into stabilization and stabilizing, compromising situations like on the ladder or even just like on the ground. A lot of times, you know, I mean, if you ever find yourself tripping over your own feet, you know, you need to work on some stability sometimes, you know, and the cool thing about stability training is it's actually not that hard, John. Um, it's just, we don't really practice it much in the day-to-day life. You know, our body possesses these things called proprioceptors. It kind of tells our body where we're at in relation to space. Like, you know, do we really know we're on the ground? Well, proprioceptors tell us that. Are we upside down? Proprioceptors tell us that. Are we laying down? Are we seated? Um, are we about to fall and we need to catch ourselves? All these things tell our nervous system what to do in the environment that we're in. And so when you start training stability, you really want to start thinking about it in a sensory perspective. Mm. And because our body uses all types of different senses to know where we're at as well. Visual being a very, very big one. If you ever try to balance on one leg while closing your eyes, you'll figure out just how bad with stability you really are. Um, The first time I ever did that, I fell over. (laughs) <laughs> this was back in college when everybody it was like you put both feet in front of each other so they're almost in a line almost like you'd be on a, a balance beam uh-huh. and then you hold your arms out and then you close your eyes and i literally just started wobbling the very first wow. time i did it um and that's your proprioceptors because you haven't been trained that you know you haven't been trained in that position hmm. so when it comes to incorporating this there's there's beginner stuff that you can do intermediate stuff advanced Um, what I would say for most people is if you want to just learn some basic stability stuff, do a single leg balance exercise. It's the easiest thing you can do. And it has wonders like John, when I used to train a lot of, um, older clients back Mm -hmm. in the day, this was one of the biggest things that I would train them on is because, you know, as people get much older, yes, breaking their hip is a real risk. And the reason for that is deconditioning of the muscle and absolute lack of stability whatsoever. You know, so that that dynamic, mm -hmm. just to throw that in there. So we're talking a lot about life in the field, like today, but for all of us, that issue of stability is a very, very important longevity health dynamic. Um, according to Dr. Peter Atia, um, who is one of the doctors, I know both of us uh, follow his his books yep. and whatnot. Um, the 
when someone is over 65 years old, if they fall in a way that requires hospitalization, mm-hmm. the death rate for the, in, in the next 12 months is 40%. Four out, of, four out of 10. If you're over 65 and you fall in a way that makes you have to go to the hospital, the chances are four in 10 that you're not going to be alive a year later. Mm-hmm. It's that big of a deal. Right? Absolutely. So as you're thinking about um, stability and this is just a good thing. I mean, you know, Adam, you're a lot younger than me, but <laughs> for a guy like me and well into my fifties, um, I, I think about this stuff a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. And so being able to be, you know, doing this kind of stability exercises, they're very simple to do. And a little bit goes a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, it's the difference between having a good quality of life versus like not the best quality of life or yeah. deteriorating very rapidly. Yeah. Um, I actually saw that in one of my clients um, many, many years ago when I was training a client, I ended up having to go to a different gym and uh, she was, she decided not to train any, any further. Um, and long story short, her health, you know, ended up declining. She couldn't swallow anymore. Um, she started getting weaker and about six, seven years later, um, after not, you know, having deconditioned muscles, not eating much body was eating itself, basically, you know, catabolizing muscle. Um, she did fall and she did break her hip and about six months later, she did end up dying in the hospital because of this. And, you know, I only bring up that sad story because at the end of the day, this stuff is 100% in our control to change. And it really only takes just a few things like yeah. a few minutes out your day to mitigate mm-hmm. that, you know? So doing that single leg balance, you guys, um, going back to that, how do you perform it properly? Well, all you really have to do is stand up, brace your core, raise one leg and you're bouncing on one leg and you, <laughs> uh, you hold it there for about two or three seconds. Now you're yeah. going to notice there's going to be some wobbling in your ankle. I would recommend people do this without shoes on. I want direct contact with the floor, with your foot. Okay. And I would say, you know, stand up on one foot, hold it there for about two or three seconds, bring it back down, do that for at least 10 reps to the, uh, for two to three sets. And again, you can do that every single day, every other day. Um, you know, uh, training your stability is not quite like training your core. Your core muscles are composed of a lot of endurance muscle fiber types. So it helps to train them almost every day sometimes. Um, but then when it comes to stability, you do want a little bit of extra, how should I say, uh, recovery in there, not only recovery for the small muscles, but I'm talking more recovery for your nervous system because your nervous system at first is going to say WTF, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, what are we trying to do? So when you sleep the next day and then you sleep again, before you do it, your nervous system processes that and says, Oh, okay. This is how my body is in this space while this reg is laid, uh, while this leg is raised, here's what we need to do. Here's how we need to activate these stabilizers. Um, so single leg bounce is something that you can do. And then I would say, um, if you want to graduate from there a little bit, put your foot that you're stabilizing on in, on an unstable surface. So put it on a foam pad, go a little bit crazier, put it on a BOSU ball. For those of you who don't know what a BOSU ball is, literally those things in the gym, it's like half a ball. And then it's like, it's a piece of plastic platform and then half a ball is on top of it basically. Mm. And you stand up and you can bounce on there. That's more of the advanced type. Um, So you always want to progress from a stable surface to an unstable surface. And then once you get to an unstable surface for most uh, HVAC techs, you're going to be in a good spot there. Um, And then it sounds, it sounds mm -hmm. like in general, um, reducing, going to one foot and then creating something wobbly. Yes. 
basically. literally but still safe, you know, don't, yep. you know, but, but basically that wobbling dynamic, it sounds like that creates the, the strengthening mm-hmm. of the stability. Absolutely. And then it also trains the muscle, um, the nervous system to fire the stabilizer muscles quicker in response to that change in your environment. As soon as you get up on there, it's going to notice that the, you know, your nervous system is going to say, well, if we're on an unstable environment and if it doesn't know how to fire those muscles properly, you fall, right? Yeah. That's what happens on the job is most people haven't trained those muscle fibers and the nervous system to activate them properly and quickly enough to catch the body and mitigate, you know, any sort of leaning or falling before the momentum is greater than what your body can overcome. If that makes sense. Right. So So this this stability we're talking about, you know, if you're on a ladder, Mm -hmm. it's it's greater stability and balance there as well as just, you know, just on the ground or walking, you know, on Mm -hmm. rafters in an attic or whatever. Yes. It helps out a lot, especially if you're in an attic. Because I mean, the last thing anybody wants to do is go through their their client's drywall in the in that's the right. ceiling. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I have heard that's, of a few HVAC techs doing that just because they couldn't keep their balance. Not, so yeah. it's almost yeah. a rite of passage sticking your foot through somebody's ceiling. <laughs> I can imagine, man. I can yeah. imagine the embarrassment on the job if that ever happened. <laughs> Shoot, man, I've been up in my attic a few times, and thank goodness I trained stability because I should have gone through the roof a few times myself. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'll, I'll add to this general conversation that, um, you, you know, in the life of a technician, there's a lot of expenses that are yours tools very often are your expense. Um, so sometimes the company carries uniforms, but not enough. And you pick up some of that. And then some companies have a boot allowance and some don't. And what I would say is the place not to skimp are your boots, your work. Absolutely. Boots. Pay attention to how they feel on your feet. Pay attention to where whether your arches fall or not. And all of this is related to your stability because mm-hmm. your feet can get tired if you use cheap boots and then you fall and now you're out of work for two weeks and it would have been much cheaper as opposed to lost income than would have been much cheaper to have the good boots. And Absolutely. It, you know, it can, the, the boots can get expensive. I know, but you know, you're investing in your own body at this point and your body is your number one tool. And so you got to take care of that tool. Absolutely. I feel like, I mean, if you're going to do a job like HVAC, you know, it's good to preserve your body as much as you can through the time that you're working in that industry. If it's going to be your forever industry, then make sure that when you're done and you get to that retirement time that you can enjoy that and you're not a, you know, three years away from a wheelchair, you know what I mean? Because I mean, even in my industry, John, you can get there. You know what I mean? My knees already grind. My lower back already hurts from all the lifting that I've done. And now I ask myself, well, what do I want to be doing at 80 years old? And then I work back from there and that's how I train now. You know what I mean? So ask yourselves, what do you want to do when you're 70 or 80 work back from there? If it's buying a better pair of boots, then buy a better pair of boots. Right. You know, if it's just learning to raise your leg a few times to increase your stability and that's all the cost is to have a better quality of life and learn how to draw in your belly button and stabilize your core, let's get it. You know what yeah. I mean? Put it into action and get a better quality of life. Yeah. And this is um, in all in all cases here, be just being realistic. The people who are going to be the techs who are going to be most motivated to take action here are ones who are already feeling pain and want to alleviate that pain. Yeah. So everything we've talked about in this podcast has a pain alleviation component to it, right? Absolutely. It also has a pain prevention 
component. It does, but just human nature. If you're already feeling pain, you know, listen to what Adam's talking about here and, and put it to work. You know, this is, if we would have, you know, especially for my uh, commercial guys who are uh, commercial techs in the commercial world, there's a lot of talk about maintenance, washing that Mm -hmm. coil, checking the contactors, doing maintenance on a piece of equipment. And that piece of equipment that you're doing maintenance on is worth in dollars and abstractly is worth much less than your body. So you mm-hmm. just have to do your basic maintenance on yourself. You don't have to look like a total, like cut up world athlete, eight pack, you know, you may wish for that, but you don't have to do that. Right. Exactly. You just need to do the basic stuff. So you don't degrade over time. Absolutely. Because if you let yourself degrade over time, that's where injuries happen. You know, you'll say things like, man, I used to be able to throw around hundred pound units, like nothing. And now I'm like, I can't do that anymore. And okay. So then just do your maintenance and, and be smart and avoid the injuries and it will pay off. And then, and, and don't, you know, if you're in a healthy setting, this doesn't happen, but there are some settings where it's kind of like a manhood issue. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not using two people to move this air handler. I can do it myself. What like that kind of stuff. Um, Use, just be smart. You know, use the equipment that you have available to move heavy pieces of equipment. Use two people to pull a heater up into an attic. Don't don't do this proving your manhood thing, because even if you're younger, you can still hurt yourself. You'll recover faster, but you can still hurt yourself and you'll be out of work until you're better. So mm-hmm. it, it's and I would also not to be judgmental about it in this way, but I also say that that's also being a professional, you know, that the a professional is going to take care of his tools and mm-hmm. your body's the most valuable one. And so handling your body as a professional is just being smart about not doing things that you, you know, you're taking a risk because you could screw yourself up in ways that, you know, uh, one of my clients in Indianapolis, I fell off a ladder, broke his pelvis. Oh, and was man. out of work for a year. Right. So Goodness. listen, it, 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 you, everybody listening to this knows somebody that's fallen off a ladder. So mm-hmm. the stuff we're talking about may seem mundane or not exciting, um, but it's very foundational and very, very important to just do these simple things. Set yourself little reminders in your truck, put a little post-it note on there that says, um, you know, do my stomach pulls, uh, just just doing these simple things, uh, it, it will prevent a lot of negative stuff from your world. Absolutely. John, if there's two things that I could add to that is number one, in my industry too, whenever I've trained guys, there's always that tendency to ego lift. You know what I mean? It's very common for us. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that at times. You know what I mean? We're feeling ourselves, you know, it's just like, hey, you know, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to say this. If you're, if you're going to do things like that, make sure the form is on point first. Yeah. Make sure that core is braced. Make sure you've learned how to hip hinge properly. Even my own father um, threw out his back when he was very young because he thought he could lift. He was on the job site one day and thought he could lift a shoot. It was like a 200 pound generator all by himself. Uh-huh. You know, to this day, my dad has has lower back pain. So make sure that you're in um, in a good position. Make sure you have the proper form and then, you know, master those basics. Yeah. Then you can lift heavy stuff. I always tell people that just master the basics, then you can lift heavy stuff. 
And then the second thing I was going to add to that too, John, is if anybody has a hard time implementing just doing these basic exercises, uh, you can always do something that I call habit anchoring. Anchor it to something that you already do. Um, I had a, my last client I ever recommended this to, I said, um, do it when you get out of the shower in the morning. You know what I mean? When you're sitting there, when you're grooming yourself, all that kind of stuff, just watch your core in the mirror and draw it in. You know what I mean? You're already doing it to to something. So anchor it to a habit you already do. (laughs) You all know know you're already looking at yourself in the mirror when you get out of the shower. I mean, I I know I do. (laughs) (laughs) I know I do. So I figured at least a few other people probably do as well. Um, but I mean, in those moments though, you're already doing something. So just add that to it, you know, and then that makes it a lot more easier to perform it. And then it becomes habit that much quicker. So those are my last two tips for everybody. That's a, that's a great point. Attach it to that habit anchoring. I, you know, I just had a, uh, a leadership lesson with a client where we talked about asking yourself certain questions in the morning as a way of setting the tone for your day. And we kind of talked about it and they all agreed that the best anchoring point is when they drove their truck up to the building. And then before they went in the building, right? Nice. Have their questions and do it right then and do it then every day. So you have it anchored to something that's already happening. Just Mm -hmm. what Adam is talking about. So even better, you know, so that, because some of us will see that note and we'll go, ah, I'm going to get to that today. And then all of a sudden it's four o'clock. We're going home. We just didn't do it. Right. Yeah. Even though we we don't want to do it. That's right. <laughs> and then we don't want to do it. We're right. We're pooped by the end of the day. We're just like, That's no, right. no matter yeah. what industry, you don't want to do anything when you get home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, listen, yeah. Adam, this is good stuff. I really appreciate you. And I know our listeners appreciate you taking the time to come on Definitely. the podcast. Um, I think we're going to do some more of these. Uh, we're going to, we have one coming y'all that we're going to talk about weight loss and the pharmaceuticals. And it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. So, mm-hmm. um, Stay tuned for that. That one's going to be fun. Yeah, we'll be in a few weeks. So listen, Adam, thanks so much for being here today. I appreciate you so much. Um, And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, John. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. A good life is had at the HVAC Joy Lab.